Welcome to the Self-Care Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole. And my friend, I'm on a mission to help you live a lifestyle you love. I believe that self-care is the key to living your best life. When you're taking great care of yourself first, it allows you to live the life you truly desire. Instead of getting overwhelmed and exhausted and losing yourself in the chaos, to-do list, and negative influences. Self-care encourages growth into the best version of yourself. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite soul-soothing beverage and let's do this. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I wanted to share a few self-care strategies that are worth considering as it relates to this important topic. I like how mentalhealth.gov answers the question, what is mental health? Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. It really can't be overstated how dang important mental health is because it literally impacts everything else, including our perceived experience of life, right? Our perceived state, whether we're happy, sad, angry, excited, or fearful, depends on the state of our mental health. There are so many things that can impact our mental health, so let's chat about four ways our lifestyle plays into this and how we can leverage these lifestyle factors to support our mental health. First up, sleep. We all know how much a night of crummy sleep can impact our mental health. You've probably noticed you feel more irritable, emotional, tired, or foggy the day after a less than ideal night of sleep. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania found that when people had limited sleep of four and a half hours a night for a week, they felt angrier, stressed, sad, and mentally exhausted. Lack of sleep definitely puts a damper on a focused and sunny disposition. An interesting study done in 2019 looked at the relationship between sleep quality and mood, and the findings indicated a significant effect of sleep quality on mood and vice versa. However, there was a more significant effect seen with sleep quality on mood rather than previous day mood on sleep quality. In other words, sleep quality affects your mood more significantly than your mood affects your upcoming night of sleep. So what does that tell us? If you want to optimize your mood, prioritize a solid night of good quality sleep. How do you do that? You start with the basics of good sleep hygiene. Keep your room cool. Between 65 to 67 degrees is ideal. Keep your room dark. Use a sleep mask if you have one to prevent any unintentional light exposure that could disrupt your sleep. Avoid screen time and blue light exposure when the sun goes down, or use blue light blocking glasses to minimize blue light from inhibiting melatonin release. In the last episode, we talked about cutting caffeine off at noon to ensure your brain receives the proper bedtime signals, going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. And in order to maximize your ability to achieve the most restorative stage of sleep, slow wave sleep, go to bed by 10 p.m. There are other ways to optimize sleep, but these are the basics. Next up, let's talk about stress. We've talked several times on this podcast about the stress response and how many of us are stuck in a chronic state of that sympathetic fight-or-flight activity. Studies link this chronic stress to various mood disorders, including anxiety, depression, and bipolar disorder. I'd love to focus our time in this conversation on talking about the impact on mental health of stimulating more parasympathetic activity, being that it's something that a lot of us don't get enough of. We've talked previously about how stimulating your vagus nerve is how we can instigate more parasympathetic activity. 
a review article in Frontiers in Psychiatry hits home on a number of stress management practices that stimulate that vagus nerve to stimulate more parasympathetic activity, including slow wave breathing with long exhalation phases. Remember back to the episode I did on extended exhale breathing? As well as yoga and meditation and other yogic breathing techniques, resulting in improvements in mood, cognitive function, and various other physiologic functions like heart rate, heart rate variability, and bowel function. You've heard me talk about the importance of the autonomic nervous system before, and it's for good reason. This system, which your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems are part of, impacts every aspect of your health, and taking steps to create balance in this system has far-reaching benefits, including supporting better mental health. Now let's talk movement. It feels so dang good to move, doesn't it? Chris and I went for a nice two-mile walk with my mom and a friend last night, and when we got back, we all commented on how good it felt to get outside and move. We all felt uplifted. And I can say that every time I go for a walk outside, whether it's by myself or with others, I feel happier, more focused, more present, and even more emotionally stable when I'm dealing with something heavy. Any type of movement is great, and it doesn't have to be anything earth-shattering. Just going for a walk can have such an impact on your mental state. An article published in 2017, fittingly titled Exercise and Mental Health, highlights the positive effects of exercise on anxiety, stress, and depression through various physiological and biochemical mechanisms and also mentions that it lowers inflammation, in part via stimulation of the vagus nerve, which contributes to better health outcomes in people with mood disorders. And if you remember in the episode I did on nature therapy for burnout, I highlighted an article that found that spending as little as 10 minutes sitting or walking in natural settings significantly and positively impacted both psychological and physiological markers of mental well-being. So when it comes to mental health, moving is great and moving in nature is even better. Last but not least, the fourth lifestyle factor I'd love to touch on is nutrition. The way you fuel your body can make you feel great or it can make you feel pretty crummy. Pizza coma, anyone? Look, there are so many ways your nutrition can impact your mental health. Blood sugar spikes and dips are often accompanied by mood swings. Food sensitivities might be accompanied by mental fogginess, fatigue, and memory issues. Nutrient deficiencies are linked to several aspects of brain and mental health. And eating a highly inflammatory diet can lead to all kinds of chronic health problems that will certainly impact your mental well-being. Studies show that eating a Western or highly processed diet increases your risk for developing psychiatric symptoms like anxiety and depression, whereas eating a Mediterranean diet is protective against mental disorders. And really, if you intimately know the term hangry, you know exactly how impactful your nutrition can be on your mental health and well-being, right? Hanger is a result of blood sugar crashes, which are definitely linked to your nutrition and have a pretty significant impact on your mood. Suffice it to say, eating an anti-inflammatory diet, such as the Mediterranean diet, focusing on healthy, whole foods, and avoiding inflammatory foods, foods that you might be sensitive to, and foods that cause blood sugar spikes and dips, is a great way to support your mental health. Ultimately, self-care to support your mental health definitely should include paying attention to these four lifestyle factors. When you're getting quality sleep, engaging in stress management by stimulating parasympathetic activity, moving your body, and eating healthy foods, you are supporting your mental health. 
Of course, there are a multitude of other situations that I haven't touched on in this episode that can significantly impact mental health, like social isolation. Thanks to the pandemic, most of us can relate to that. Physical and emotional trauma, abuse, drug or alcohol abuse, and grief, just to name a few. Counseling and therapy are such great ways to get help in coping with many of these situations. And when you do that in conjunction with the lifestyle strategies we discussed, you have a well-rounded approach to your mental health. If you're feeling like you could use a little mental wellness boost, take a big picture, honest look at how you're doing in these four lifestyle categories. If you see room for improvement, take some time to experiment with leveling up your lifestyle in that category and just see how it makes you feel. And remember, implementing positive, healthy lifestyle habits now will also support your future as it relates to your overall cognitive health. As always, I hope you found this helpful and I appreciate you being here, my friend. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite listening app. And I'd be super grateful if you'd rate and review this podcast so we can reach more people that need a little self-care love and support. I'll look forward to talking with you next time.